0: Hello, it's Tara and EJ Kerwin with our Relationship Renovation Podcast. As always, thanks for listening. So grateful to be here today. Yeah,
1: it's nice to be here. It's a beautiful day. And we have a... This is really exciting. This is something... I don't know. It's like a little bit new and, and, and interesting for us. So...
0: But so important. So yes, we're excited for our guest speaker today.
1: 100%. Yeah. So... We have a social media director here, and her name is Michaela, and she introduced us to a woman named Hannah, Hannah B, and they have kind of an interesting story of of how they met. They were kind of going through uh, something at the at the very same time, and have kind of throughout their relationship, it seems dealt with things in, in unison and she just thought she was really an amazing person, a person who's out there really talking a lot about uh, body positivity, mm-hmm. uh, building self-esteem. Uh, she calls herself a confidence educator. Hannah B., uh, welcome to Relationship Renovation.
2: Hi, thank you for having me. That was a very nice intro. Yeah. I'm excited to be here.
0: <laughs> We're excited too. I mean, one of the things that when couples come in for counseling and they're struggling with intimacy, which a lot of couples are. It's like one of the main things is just personal self-esteem, how you feel about your body, body image. And if you can't really start to feel whole in that area, how in the world can you improve intimacy? Yeah, So absolutely. this is this is going to be mm-hmm. really good today. We're so grateful to have you here. Yeah.
1: So it's, it's always great for us to get a sense of just who you are first, uh, Hannah. Can you just Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your background and kind of, you know, why you do what you do.
2: Yes. So like you said, I am a confidence educator, which is an umbrella title for a lot of things. Um, Basically what I do is I teach people how to be more confident in themselves and in their body so that they can become kind of who they truly are and unlearn a lot of the things that we learn growing up, like diet culture or things that can affect uh, your self-image or your body image really badly. So I help people learn how to be confident in themselves. And my story kind of comes from, uh, I have a chronic illness and I was diagnosed at a pretty young age and it really affected my self-esteem a lot. And it also affected my body image a lot because with a chronic illness, sometimes your weight tends to fluctuate a lot. Mm -hmm. So as a young woman, who's already susceptible to all this kind of diet culture messaging, which is that you need to be skinny to be pretty and you need to always do what men want you to do and those kinds of things. Having a chronic illness on top of that and having a fluctuating body made it really hard for me to be confident. At the time I had a lot of social anxiety and a lot of confidence issues. And I spent many years working through those. And now I like to teach other people how to work through their own confidence issues too.
0: I love that. I love that you took, you know, your suffering and worked on that and then just really wanted to help others. That's kind of what, how EG and I started our own couples counseling business. So it's just like, it feels true to you and you're passionate Mm -hmm. about it. And so, wow, what a great story.
1: And I think it like totally fits in with what we do here as well in that, you know, we focus on couples and relationship but always we're looking through the lens of of personal growth you know that that if we are dedicated to our own personal wellness yes. and we can help our partner do the same thing That then we you know we we have a much higher likelihood of of having a great relationship. And I think as we were looking at interviewing you today, we we kind of wanted to do a little bit of bouncing back and forth Mm -hmm. between looking at, at what you do through the lens of somebody who's in relationship, but then also individuals who are who are looking to get into relationship or or are single and how having positive self esteem, feeling good about yourself, is really setting yourself up for a great relationship.
2: Yeah, that sounds great.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, when somebody comes to you, Hannah, first of all, like, you know, what are you seeing? Like, what, what is an individual who's really struggling with body image, with, you know, negative self-esteem? Like, like, what do you notice about what's happening in their life?
2: Well, usually I look at mindset is what I focus on. And I find a lot of people who are struggling with body image and confidence and including myself when I struggled with it there, there's two kinds of struggling. There's the kind where you feel like you have body image issues. You're not confident in how you look and you let it affect your life. Like you let it affect the choices you make. Maybe you don't wear a certain clothing item. Mm -hmm. Maybe you don't approach this person that you think is really cool and and you want to reach out to them, but you're afraid they're not going to like you. And you let that anxiety really affect your choices and how you just survive. And then I think there's also the kind of self-judgment and body image issues where, and and this has been the case for me, when you've gone a bit longer and you're maybe in the middle of your journey, you've know you addressed the fact that you have self-deprecating tendencies, like you tend to look in the mirror and not like yourself. You've addressed that. Now you know you have that tendency, uh, which makes it a lot easier to see when those thoughts come up and handle them appropriately, maybe not let them affect your life as much. So it kind of depends on where you're at in your journey.
0: So, yeah, I'm I'm hearing in one case, it's like you become powerless and almost a victim to to negative thoughts and judgment. And and the second piece was people who are more aware, it's still uncomfortable, but the awareness piece kind of tends to be a little bit more empowering because you feel like you can do something about it.
1: Yeah, I mean, do you think that... that what is their level of awareness that it's happening? Right. Cause because that's one of the things we do at the beginning of all these podcasts is try to help people understand like if there's something that they're missing, right? Like mm-hmm. some people are aware that they're in this struggle. And some people just think, hey, this is just my this you know, is this is just me, this is just who I am. Like, like yeah. how does some how do we help somebody raise their level of awareness about the fact that they might it might be impacting them much more than they think?
2: I think it's important to really pay attention to those moments where you feel those insecurities come out for anyone in general. And they can be hard to pinpoint sometimes. You might just notice a bit of anxiety towards a certain thing, and you might not really know where it's from, like a person in general. But it's really important to like lean into that feeling. Like for example, a lot of people tell me that they are uncomfortable wearing certain clothing items. Like people will say to me, I just can't wear that clothing item. I just can't, but the question is, did you ever consider why you can't? Mm-hmm. I think it's important when you're trying to figure out what these areas of your life you maybe need to address or what they're really affecting are is that you always ask why you know especially terms when you say like I can't wear something. I get a lot of language that is very much like that negative, I cannot do this and To me, that sounds like someone is just writing off something before they even try to do it or even address that can't at all. And yes, of course, some people have legitimate reasons as to to can't, which is, to me, they can't afford the clothing item they're looking for. But there should be no real other reason why someone can't put a clothing item on their body. So I think it's important to look at insecurities and not take them for face value. Like, they're true. Kind of like what you said earlier, I mean... A lot of people may think, okay, I can't wear this clothing item. And then they'll just take that as reality, that they can't, that it's never an option for them, that their body just is not good enough. And then this narrative will come out of that thought process, like my body isn't good enough to wear it. But like, what isn't good enough? Who decided that your body isn't good enough? It's important to really face these thought processes head on instead of just burying them and accepting them for face value because that's really the only way that someone can grow and become more confident in themselves.
0: Eiji and I used to both be eating disorder specialists, so we've worked a lot with body positive, body image, and um, and I still do some work with people who really struggle with body image. And one of the things I say is, first of all, you guys could just sit back and this thought process already has this ingrained route. Like You don't even have to do anything. The moment one thought happens, your brain knows to go to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. So it's like gets hardwired in there. And I say, okay, like I'm working with this one client and she's like, every morning I get up and I said, what is the first thought that happens when you look in the mirror? She's like, well, I start to check out my back fat and I'm like, you're disgusting. And then I start to look at my stomach and I'm like, that's gross. Right. And I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, so you're really uncomfortable in your body. I'm like, this is how to increase acceptance, not necessarily acceptance, like that you're uncomfortable in your body. But acceptance, like right now, I feel really uncomfortable and I feel these thoughts, but you basically have two options. You could be in that negative thought place, like I'm gross, I'm disgusting. She -hmm. often puts a pillow over her stomach when we're in session, so I have her remove it and she's really uncomfortable with that. Or you could say, wow, I'm having these thoughts, I feel really uncomfortable, but right now, like there is nothing I can do. Right. There is no like plastic surgeon Mm -hmm. that's going to come in and like, you know, I'm like you have two options. Like you could either U-turn it in this moment to just try to be in a place of acceptance that you are uncomfortable. And I said, and when you get into this place of acceptance, that's where more of that empowerment comes in. And you don't become victim to these negative thoughts that you were just talking
1: about. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that these these uh, negative thoughts that you guys are talking about they're sort of the, the justification or they're the, they're the backup for just really negative core beliefs that are more broad. Like, you know, like I'm not enough, I'm I'm not lovable, you know, just all these, these like really big negative core beliefs that then inform us, while we're single while we're Bring in relationship, relationship right because if you don't think you're enough if you don't think you're you're attractive or you don't think you're you know you, you, that you're, you're just lovable. not a, yeah lovable then One, either you just don't put yourself into situations where people who are going to treat you that way, you know, where you can be in a relationship with somebody like that, or you get into a relationship and you sort of like depend or hope that somehow they're going to fill that hole that you can't, that you can't fill yourself.
0: Yeah. And guess what? It's just not even realistic. That's the thing that when we come in with our own negative filter, we see that through our lens and we think the other person's judging us too. And it's like, oh.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point because I do notice and myself included, when I had a worse body image, you tend to pick the partner that you think you deserve, Mm -hmm. not that you really deserve. And when you have a poor body image and poor self-esteem, the reality is that you don't think you deserve that much. A lot of the time that comes with feeling like Mm -hmm. you're unlovable. So you're going to pick a partner, like almost always subconsciously, who's going to treat you like you feel like you deserve, which is often not well. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes.
0: We, we, that term for us is called differentiation and it is subconscious. You don't even recognize it, but what it does mm-hmm. is just reinforce all of those negative core beliefs. So we can be like, see, yep, I do suck. Yeah, yeah, definitely.
1: Okay. So you, you like mentioned right there, like, okay, in, this is how I've seen it affect relationship, right? So if you see somebody who comes into a relationship and they have that negative self-image, what are the symptoms that you see? Or what, are, what do they say like, hey, this is how, it's, how I'm realizing it's affected how I was in relationship with my partner?
2: Um, a lot of the time, someone who may have not a lot of confidence in their relationship or just in general may be afraid to communicate what they really feel because these insecurities come with a lot of anxiety towards you know, am I really lovable? Am I really worth this relationship? And that can really facilitate some self-sabotaging acts. Like Mm -hmm. maybe you assume your partner's going to be mad at you because you're in your old relationship, your partner would be mad at you for something stupid. So, you know, you get mad at them first before you even give them a chance to explain themselves. Or, you know, maybe you don't really think that you deserve a relationship, so you constantly call yourself ugly or mm. talk about yourself in a negative light in front of your partner or or maybe and what I see often is that you don't really feel like you can communicate what you want just because you can't you're afraid of losing the person you're afraid of making them mad and making them run away so you don't really say what you feel and then that can always result in an explosion later when you realize you haven't addressed any of your feelings because uh, you've been too scared to share them yeah. so There's a lot of ways that esteem can influence a relationship. Yeah. It's just like limits,
0: limits taking those risks to be vulnerable and just like really being who you could be.
1: Yeah. It's interesting too, because a lot of times someone will deprioritize their own needs, think they're not, they're not sort of worthy of getting the kind of love they want, but then... They sort of like silently resent the fact that they're not getting it, you know, so it's this like weird, like double pulled of like, you know, their partner tries to connect with them in a way that makes you know that they think is going to make them feel good. And then they Mm -hmm. it's rejected. But so then that partner kind of just gives up and is like, "Okay, I guess they just don't want that." And then the partner who's who has that low self-esteem is eventually gets to the point again where they're like, "Well, you're not even trying." And then it gets just like this muddy, mm-hmm. boggy thing of like what is even happening yeah. here, you know?
0: It does. It becomes this very enmeshed codependent kind of relationship where it feels very out of balance, very unequal, but they don't even know why it feels that way.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a big piece of of our program that we come to, it's interesting because we we hit sensitive subjects like this often pretty far down the line in working with a couple because of the fact that they are like so – it's such a vulnerable conversation. And so a lot of times what we'll do is we'll kind of help the couples understand each other's past a good bit, mm-hmm. then develop some healthy communication skills and then in in our intimacy series is is where we start going before we even talk about the intimate connection between the two in the couple. We talk about like, hey, how is your you know there's how do a, you feel about yourself? There's a
0: whole assignment, Hannah. We do on body image, and we kind of scale it. And like three and under, if you guys have circled anything three and under, talk about it with your partner. And and it's so interesting. People were like, I didn't even realized like I felt so bad about myself or I didn't realize my partner felt so bad about themselves. And it just opens up this whole new area where they can go to and be vulnerable. But it it takes a minute to do that. Like it takes a few sessions for couples to even be able to access that.
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of the time, you lock those things up so much that you don't even know they're there. Like it can be so subconscious. Like no one wants to consciously sabotage their relationship. You have to really like believe that you are not worthy of that kind of love Mm -hmm. to do those self-sabotaging behaviors. Or you just, I mean, that's like a, I think, anxious person tendency in general.
1: Or just like repeating. I mean, we we repeat dynamics from our past in various areas of our life you know we we sort of like we have a story about who we are you know i'm never mm-hmm. enough i always get it wrong you know whatever it is and then and then we just unconsciously within our relationships create a system that validates that where it feels like we're always getting wrong where where our partner does reject us physically you know and it's just it's just wicked and i think the biggest thing we want to help couples know is that you know, it's absolutely normal. Your insecurities are going to come out in your relationship.
0: Absolutely. And
1: if you can develop some, some kindness, some empathy, some good, you know, communication skills around listening to one another and validating each other's thoughts and feelings, then you guys can work on this together. And you, can, you, you can't make your partner feel great about themselves, but you can create an environment where maybe they can work on it.
0: Yeah. So uh, Hannah, so body positivity, it's a term that gets thrown around a lot, right? Mm-hmm. And it seems pretty explan- self-explanatory, but could you just sum it up for us? Because it would be great to kind of start getting into like, how can individuals themselves and and their partners support each other and really becoming more body positive?
2: Yeah. Um, I actually like to use the term body confidence instead. Oh, I because- like that. The sidebar because uh, body positivity was is actually the name of a movement of like body liberation for fat bodies and it was created by uh, some black women in the nineteen sixties. So I tried to separate body positivity from body confidence okay. because confidence is sort of different, but that is a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah. So I think what you were saying earlier about self acceptance speaks really well to this because. Um, body confidence basically means that you, you are okay with your body. And I think people take it a lot of the time as like, you always love your body all the time and you never have any issues with it. But that is very unrealistic because we're human. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your body is going to make you mad for whatever reason that is normal. So body confidence, uh, to me is actually surrounded by, in body acceptance, which is kind of what you were saying earlier. Maybe you don't love every part of your body, but you still accept it. And mm-hmm. that's good enough for you to keep functioning as the full human that you are. Yes. Because realistically, you don't have to love every part of your body. There's there's no reason for you to have to love every part of your body. You can still exist and, you know, be who you are without being in love with yourself, and that is totally okay. So, it starts with body acceptance, just being okay with who you are. And then from there working up to actually, you know what? I do like these features about myself yeah. and that's okay too. We also need to teach people that they can love what they look like. That's allowed. I think a lot of the time women feel like it, it means they have too much of an ego or something like that. Yeah, You can still love features about yourself, but it is so key to start with acceptance because just jumping to love from someone who starts with Hatred is very unrealistic. I mean, you're just you're going straight from level one to like level 100. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that is I think that's huge because one of the things in um, the process of of growth is realizing how normal your struggles are and how many people struggle with it. And this idea that it's like, you know, kind of binary, either love yourself or you hate yourself is really self-destructive because the reality is, is all of us are in relationship with our body, our mind, our habits. We're constantly in relationship and we like it. Sometimes we dislike it. Others, we have really dark periods and just sort of letting somebody know that like, look, this is, this is a process and we're all in it together, you know, separately But that that you don't have to just like you said, like instantaneously just like be like, oh, I'm perfect. That it can be like, hey, you know, I'm just working my way down the scale to a point where, you know, sometimes I feel good about my body. Sometimes I don't feel so good. Sometimes I'm kind of, you know, ambivalent to it. That 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 that's part of the growth process.
2: Yeah, that is a very good point as well. You definitely have to go through the stages. Um, and any any quick fix that someone ever sells in regards to body image is just mm. um, always BS in my opinion. Yes. Because here's <laughs> the, the distinction that I find people get wrong. Body image is about your mind, yes. purely about your mind. It's, it's your mental image of yourself. A lot of people make the mistake thinking that they can alter their body and all of a sudden they will like their body. Yes. But that's just not realistic because it's in your mind. So it's also important to uh, tackle it from that direction because, I mean, you can lose and gain and change your body as much as you want, but body dysmorphia is a real thing. It doesn't mean that you're going to be secure in yourself.
0: I know. I I just, it's like life, there's this book, Life Doesn't Begin Five Pounds From Now. Mm -hmm. And it's so true. It's like, you really think, oh, if I lose 20 pounds, I'm just going to be okay. And it's like, no, that external control but it's so powerful in our society. And I'm just, I got to say, Hannah, I'm loving these. So there's like these little commercials now when I'm watching Netflix and they have like big curvy women doing these things in their underwear. I'm like, yes, bring on these curvaceous, like so we can get out of our mind what it means, like what is actually healthy and normal and average instead of like these petite little hourglass perfectionist figures without any body fat i'm like my heart is loving it every time i see this now it's awesome
2: yeah i mean realistically in the states i think the the average size for women for clothing is a 16 and yet most popular stores stock a size 12 or lower sometimes 14. so the the way I mean, speaking to what you just said, the way society functions in regards to to body image is pretty flawed as well. Because, you know, in a world where most people are size 16 and only clothing available is a size 12 or lower, what is that going to do to the population? I mean, people are going to have a tendency to think that they are the one that is flawed. Their body is too big. They need to lose weight. Well, maybe we just need to have realistic options available instead of idolizing Thin bodies. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think, and it, you know, this is a great segue because it also, it just shows that this issue around esteem, uh, you know, body confidence, it's a constellation, right? Because it's, it's the messages you receive from your parents growing up. It's early relationship. It's this, it's this like societal advertising culture. It's just like it is coming from all sides. A lot of
0: layers to it. Yeah,
1: and 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 then mm-hmm. so then definitely the approach to building esteem is going to come, you know, we can't, like you said, there's no like, you know, easy solution to it because some of it is is tearing apart the constructs that, you know, that our society throws down on us. Uh, some of it is exploring the negative core beliefs that were established when you were a child. You know, some of it is just developing the ability about, talking to you to somebody who you love about your, you know, about the things you struggle about, about yourself, you know, that that there is no one solution. But it's clearly, you know, a very important part of not just relationship wellness, but just individual wellness.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And it's very important to try to figure out which insecurity you individually may be facing because it is different for everyone. And I see it a lot of blanket messaging out Out there. Um, But it's important when addressing your own insecurities to be addressing your own because you're definitely not going to be able to make progress with the mental map for someone else on your own body image problems yeah. absolutely and you know what we see that's so
0: amazing like once an individual like let's just say we're working with a couple and once an individual starts to really develop this healthy sense of self for them whatever that means right every person's different there's kind of this organic acceptance by the partner because kind of that tension and all that negativity takes it out of there like the you know like when someone becomes more confident and accepting and okay with suffering. That's a big one. It's like, it just starts to feel okay. It starts to feel okay.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's also really important to recognize that, like you were saying, there's a million things coming in the direction of a person that may make them have poor self-esteem or poor body image. Like uh, there's marketing, social media, just general self-comparison could be family life relationship issues so it's also important like as a person who may be suffering with body image issues to not feel guilty for that recognize that there's a reason you probably feel that way and that's okay you know you just like everyone else are susceptible to the messaging we hear in society but at the same time it's it's important to take personal responsibility and recognize that Really, you're the only one who can fix your own body image issues, despite the fact that they did not just originate out of thin air. You learn them from probably social conditioning. You still have to unlearn them yourself.
0: And and if you're a child, like our seven-year-old daughter, she was watching, I can't remember, some kind of like YouTube pranking, whatever. Well, she started wearing her shirts like, so her tummy would be seen. She's like, mommy, don't you think my tummy's skinny? I was like, oh girl, hold on. <laughs> we are going to sit down and we are going to talk about this because she's just watching this freaking YouTube thing. And she's already at the age of seven, probably ac- actually have when she was six, getting ideas that like if her stomach's skinny, she's beautiful. And thank mm-hmm. goodness EJ and I have enough awareness to really talk to her and be like, hey, you are perfect just the way you are no matter if your tummy was flat or if it wasn't flat like that is but it's just you see this at such a young age and and for kids who don't have parents that even recognize this is happening it's like where's the education around it a lot of us don't get it
2: yeah for sure it definitely has to be like it, it is so prominent like in society that the parents like have to be aware. And even, even being aware as a parent doesn't guarantee that your child is not going to grow up without body image issues. I mean, just cause like you said, mm-hmm. YouTube, social media is extremely bad for body image problems oh I have found.
1: Well, I mean, so, I mean, this is a great way to kind of, kind of wrap it up here, Hannah, because you are a person who is, who's out there in, in social media, who's out there in sort of this new media and, and you're talking about the opposite. You know, you're talking about the positive aspect of this. So, so how does somebody, if they want to hear more, they want to connect with you, they want to hear your ideas. You know, how how do they how do they connect with you?
2: Uh, it is best to follow me on Instagram, which is where at the moment I spend all of my time. Hmm. But I am starting a podcast very soon, oh, right so on. I'm going to dive deep into a lot of body image and confidence related topics. And it's gonna be it's gonna be great. I'm very excited for that. Yeah,
1: and what can, and what can they expect? Like, you know, if they were to follow you on Instagram, what kind of messages, what kind of information, you know, could they get?
2: I, I talk about confidence um, in relation to mindset a lot, so that is the main thing that I will talk about. If, if someone recognizes that they have poor body image um, issues or self esteem issues or things like that, I discuss mindset, which I believe is the the best way to address those issues. And I also talk about a lot of of the messaging that we hear in society, like diet culture, that sort of marketing, like things that you may not be aware of how they are subconsciously affecting your life. So I talk a lot about that as well. And I also talk about fat phobia a lot, because I think it's really important when you're talking about confidence and body image to talk about uh, the distinction between that and fat phobia which yeah. is like the societal injustice and prejudice against fat people. Because um, that's really important in the conversation as well. Because we want to make sure when we're you know, teaching people about weight or body image that we're not uh, just sliding in like anti-fat language or things like that.
0: Oh, thank you so much for this work that you're doing. I'm sure you're going to be helping so many people, which then impacts relationships with, with everybody, right? Friends and intimate Partners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We need more Hannah's. Well
1: thank you. <laughs> yeah, well thank you, Hannah. We really appreciate you coming on here and, and, and talking to us and, and sharing your thoughts, your ideas. You know, we'll definitely in our show notes we'll um we'll put a link to your Instagram. And then we'll also, you know, when when your podcast comes out, we will definitely push people that way because it's just amazing having another person out there just putting really positive, you know, ideas into the atmosphere.
0: Yeah, and I think even doing like a follow-up, like how healthy sense of self, healthy body image really impacts intimacy in such a powerful, amazing way between between couples.
2: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, I would love to do that. Yeah,
1: great. that'd be awesome. Great. Well, uh, thanks again. And uh, thank you all out there who are, are checking out our, our podcast. We appreciate you. And we always love your, your ideas and your input. You can always email us if you have an idea for a show or somebody you you think might be a great interview. Uh, you can email us at info at he said, she said counseling.com. Uh, you can always follow us on Instagram at relationship underscore renovation Facebook we are at he said she said counseling and please we still have our uh, 22 lesson program out there for couples that want to do relationship renovation at home you can check that out at relationship renovation dot com
0: and as always take care of yourselves and each other
1: yeah have a really wonderful day bye bye Me on the train me and you listening to the rain me and you we are the same